Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be with you this morning, even if only on screen. Um, we're going to be looking at that passage that's just been so beautifully read to us. So do grab your Bible if you can. Uh, I'm just going to pray as we start. Come, Holy Spirit, and draw us closer to Jesus this morning, we pray. Through my words and through our thoughts, for the glory of God the Father. Amen. So our overall theme this morning is, is humility, um, and I hope you're going to be able to see why I've chosen this particular passage, but we're going to spend a little time looking at the passage because it's a very, very interesting one. So some things to notice as we get into it. Um, first of all, it says at the beginning of the passage that Jesus and the disciples have come to Jericho. Now, um, if you've got a map, which you probably haven't, a map of the Holy Land, you'll see that Jericho is about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Uh, and their journey that's brought them to Jericho started back in uh, Mark chapter 8, when it, they started in Caesarea Philippi. And if you remember, that's where Peter made his confession that he believed Jesus to be the Messiah. Um, and that confession is immediately followed by Jesus' teaching about his coming suffering and death. So that's where the journey begins. Jesus turns towards Jerusalem and they set off walking towards Jerusalem. Slowly. They were probably very good walkers, but that's not a, they're not going to do that in a day. They're going to do that in several days. So what we've got is this picture of Jesus and his disciples walking towards Jerusalem with Jesus knowing what he's going to be doing for us. Jesus humbly offering his life um, for our salvation. Uh, and Jesus, so we're picturing Jesus carrying that knowledge steadfastly and grimly with him as he walks. So that's the first thing to notice. This is part of a journey towards Jerusalem. The next thing to notice is that actually, um, if you look back a bit in the chapter, this is the second time in chapter 10 of Mark that Jesus has asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? The first time is in chapter 10, verse 36, when James and John come to Jesus and he asks them, what do you want me to do for you? And you remember what they want. They want to sit at Jesus' right hand in glory. Um, and so one of the things to notice again in this passage is that James and John and Bartimaeus um, recognize who Jesus is. They all share that recognition because James and John expect Jesus to be on the throne. They expect him to be able to give them power and authority and titles and so on. And they want to sit beside him. And Bartimaeus calls Jesus son of David, which is a title for God's Messiah. So they all recognize who Jesus actually is. But they're understanding what they've recognized. They're understanding what they know really differently. James and John want power. They want prestige. They want people to know who they are. They want people to look up to them. And Bartimaeus wants to be able to see. Uh, and of course, again, there's that lovely irony that's so often around um, metaphors of sight and so on in the New Testament, because Bartimaeus is the one who's actually seeing clearly, although uh, he is supposedly blind. And he's seeing clearly that God's Messiah has come to show love and service and to bring freedom and liberation. So Bartimaeus is the one who sees what God, God's reign means, that God has come to give and not to take. And this is not about power for God and God's friends, but about setting the captive free, preaching good news to the poor, offering sight to the blind. This is about God pouring out God's love in loving service. So no wonder that Jesus says, to Bartimaeus, your faith has made you well. Bartimaeus has faith in the nature and purpose of God at work in Jesus. 
So again, I suppose one of the things to notice about this passage is uh, as a means of questioning ourselves, what is it that we want from God? What, how do we understand God? and Are we willing to be part uh, of the way that God is choosing to work? So the next thing, this is point three. Um, in Mark's gospel, we are hardly ever told the names of the people that Jesus heals. Um, so it's really striking that we are told Bartimaeus's name, and that would suggest that he was actually known to the earliest Christian community that came after Jesus's death and resurrection. So this passage tells us that Bartimaeus throws off his cloak and follows Jesus on the way. That was the last little phrase of this passage. Normally in Mark, if you remember, people who are healed are told to go home and tell no one about it, tell no one what's happened. But Jesus doesn't say that to Bartimaeus. Um, Bartimaeus follows on the way. Now, remember where we started this. This is a journey towards the cross. So at this moment, Bartimaeus is following Jesus on the way to Jerusalem and the cross. But you might also be interested to know that the way was a nickname for early Christians. And uh, that was how they were often um, identified. They called themselves the way, partly because Jesus in, in John's gospel describes himself as the way, the truth and the life. But partly because um, the life of a disciple of Christ is a journey. It's not an arrival, but a willingness to travel with Jesus towards God's coming kingdom. So Bartimaeus throws away his cloak, the symbol of his old life, and follows Jesus. He keeps his newly healed eyes on Jesus, following wherever Jesus leads, even to the cross. So Bartimaeus, um, why are we told his name? Because he's an example to us. So picking up then again our theme this morning, our theme of humility, um, I think it is really beautifully illustrated by the interaction between Jesus and Bartimaeus. And so one of the things I'd love us uh, to really think through this morning is what humility actually is. This passage would suggest that humility is not subservience. It's not becoming servile. It doesn't um, even require us to uh, pretend that we have no needs. Um, or to name those needs and, de and desires. Bartimaeus, if you notice, knows exactly what he wants and he's prepared to shout for it. Um, picture him at the beginning of this passage, sitting in the dirt on the side of the road, with the crowd milling around him, shoving him, abusing him, telling him to shut up. And it's not going to stop him. Bartimaeus knows what God is like and he lives with this humble expectation um, that God will liberate him. So he's sitting on the side of the road, not asking for money, um, not asking uh, for anything except for God to be God in his life. Maybe his years of being mistreated, maybe his years of begging, being an outcast, being homeless, have given him this precious insight. Um, he may not matter to anybody else, but he does matter to God. And perhaps it's also given him the strength to give away what he's just been given. It's very moving, isn't it? Um, Bartimaeus is going to follow Jesus to the cross. Was he killed? We don't know. But he's willing uh, not to take this precious gift that he's just been given of his renewed sight and go home and have a lovely life, but to give it back to Jesus and follow Jesus and uh, let Jesus do whatever Jesus wants to do with the gift that he's just given Bartimaeus. So Bartimaeus, a humble, strong man, um, humble because he doesn't demand uh, safety and money and prestige, strong because he's willing uh, to go wherever Jesus calls him to go. But then above all, of course, 
Jesus shows us the strength of humility and the purposefulness of his humble self-giving to God his Father. Uh, again, think of this scene. He's walking towards Jerusalem. He knows what's going to happen to him. There's a big crowd milling around him. At this point, the crowd still love him. They're still excited by him. They're still looking for good things for themselves from him. Uh, and he's not at all distracted by the adoration of the crowd. He doesn't for one minute think, okay, well, I'm not going to go to Jerusalem and die. I'm going to set up a kingdom. Uh, he doesn't for one minute let the crowd determine who he is. He doesn't let others define him by their praise and excitement. And in the middle of all this milling crowd, he stands still and hears Bartimaeus and turns to the edge of the crowd and looks at the beggar sitting on the ground. And so I think what we're seeing in Jesus is a definition of humility that is a total lack of self-absorption. This is not about what Jesus wants. This is not about uh, what uh, other people think Jesus is. This is about Jesus completely being able to give himself into the hands of his father and let God define who he's going to be. Um, and because Jesus isn't obsessed with himself, he's able to really attend to what actually matters. And in this particular moment, attend to what actually matters, which is not what Jesus wants or needs, not what the crowd want or need, but what Bartimaeus needs. He's able to take that complete stillness of attention to Bartimaeus at this moment. And so if we're thinking about how we might practice this kind of humility, um, it's about beginning to practice letting go of self-absorption. And there can be um, all kinds of good reasons for being self-absorbed. We might feel we're not good enough. We might feel um, that we have nothing to contribute, but that's a kind of self-absorption. We might feel that people owe us a lot and should pay us attention. and We should be being given good things. And that's also self-absorption. And it's natural and human. And we're not going to be able to stop any of that overnight. Okay. But we can practice it. We can practice trying to get out of the way of what God wants to do in us. We can practice turning our eyes always to Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit uh, to let, help us walk the way with Jesus and attend to those in need. And in attending to those in need, um, we are going to learn something about the gospel. It's Bartimaeus in this passage who tells us more about God than the crowds around. Bartimaeus, the one who seems to be the needy person, is actually the one who is demonstrating a deep understanding of the nature and purpose of God. So as we attend to the people around us, particularly the people most in need, we're doing that as much for our sake as for theirs. We're exploring the nature and purpose of God. Uh, and uh, this passage tells us so clearly that James and John, uh, who've been following Jesus for ages, the crowd who think Jesus is very exciting, uh, need to learn from Bartimaeus. So that's my challenge this morning to myself as much as to any of you. Are we willing to give this kind of humility a go? Practice uh, trying to take ourselves out of the centre of the picture so that we may make space for other people uh, to show us more about God. Shall we pray as we end? Lord, give us humility and courage and joy and inspiration to see where you are calling us, to see the people 
um, that you need us to attend to so that you can minister to us through them and we can minister to them through you. So come Holy Spirit and draw us further into your love and the mystery of your redemption. In Jesus' name, amen.